Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. This is Meredith with a Y podcast. And today we are going to be starting a new series, branching, transitioning from the last series of spirituality, where we talked to a lot of amazing guests and really kind of dove into the idea of how to make your life better through spirituality. And as always, we are going to continue on the topic, the focus of changing your life and making your life better. And so today, I am going to begin on the topic of people of color in the workplace, at home, in the world, and why this is my problem and your problem, and it's not a people of color problem anymore. So a couple weekends ago, I woke up kind of in the middle of the night. And the way I'm going to enter this topic is going to be at first from a spiritual place and then from a personal place, because that's that's how I know to do things. And that's, that's why you're listening to this podcast and then another one. So the other weekend when I woke up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden I got this vision in my head of the Tower of Babel. And I imagined all these people going up and building this tower to, I don't remember if it was even to get closer to God, to find God, to meet God, to be God, whatever the case was. There was a bunch of folks that this was their goal was to be at one with God. And then I imagined the scene of where God cast them all down and made them speak different languages and look different, have different skin colors or whatever, and said, good luck. So as I sat there and first of all, wondered why in the Sam heck this vision is in my head and why am I thinking of the Tower of Babel? Because to be perfectly honest with you, it's not like I'm reading the Bible. You know, I'm pretty much living on The Real Housewives and, uh, you know, Bravo television. So there's, there's that when it comes to what I'm doing, but it came to me for a reason. And so I sat there asking myself, like, what, what is this? And as I, as I watched the unfolding of the before and then the after and the idea behind this, if I went to, and I said, what was God thinking by giving people all of these different colors of skin? And if you're, you know, if you're a person that believes in uh, other things. Just work with me on this. Just go go with me for a minute, okay? You don't have to change your beliefs, but just go with me for a minute here. And said, these folks wanted to be at one with God. And then they were cast out. And there was all of this confusion and differences and separation by way of color or looks or, or, or language. And, and God's concept was to, to go figure it out from there. Now, I don't know if any of this happened, but it doesn't matter because the idea behind it is that if you want to get to be at one with, closer to, up there, in line with, you got to get past the color of someone's skin and the fact that they're different. You will never get to be at one with God. Never. Not today, not tomorrow, next month. I don't care how many roses, you know, the necklace thing you do or Buddha stuff or chanting or meditations. I do not care how many times you go to church. I don't care how much money you give to the this person or that person or the, 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 you know, the homeless guy on the street, I do not care. You will never, ever get to where you want to go if where you want to go is to change your life and to be awakened and to be at one with your God self. You will never, ever get there if you are racist if you are a bigot, if you are a misogynist, if you have hate in your heart for another group of people or peoples based basically on anything, but let's just start today with the color of someone's skin. 
And if you are still in that space, welcome. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. Because I am taking on the next few weeks here to do my part. My white skin, green eyed, I'm going to still say blonde hair. I don't care what any of you people say. I mean, we're going to go with blonde hair self, suburban living, four kids, stay at home mom, privileged. I don't have to care about this if I don't want to because it will not change my life if I don't talk about this. It won't. Let's be honest. And that's why none of you guys are probably talking about it because your life's not going to change. That's why most of the people that I know who look like me have no deep connection with giving a rat's ass about what it is I'm about to talk to the next two months. But if you want to be at one, find true happiness, change your life for the better, you're going to tune in. You're going to tune in and you're going to open your eyes. You're going to drop your shoulders. You're going to open your hand. You're going to listen because I don't know it all. And I'm going to screw up over the next few weeks, maybe get yelled at by a guest or two. I don't know. I haven't recorded the episodes yet. It's coming up. And so I'm going to ask the questions. I'm going to pose the ideas. I mean, I've gotten closer to understanding the world of racism, systemic racism, big word. I've spent years trying to figure out where this comes from because systemic racism is a symptom. It's a symptom of humanity. Systemic racism is the cough behind the pneumonia. My goal is to find out where's the pneumonia coming from? Where's this racism coming from? Where is it coming from? How did it get here? How is it working? Why do we have it? And so when I look at anything in life, when I look at a topic, no matter what it is, big or small, whatever the big piece is, you can whittle it down to something smaller and find truth. And whenever you have something small, you can grow it out and find truth. And this will help you by shrinking a problem and by growing a problem. And then you start to find the the different pieces, parts, and how you can solve it. If you have a problem in your business, find who the owner is. Just like if you have a problem in your family, find who the leader of the family is. What's going on? Whittle it down. Grow it, shrink it, grow it find out the problem. We don't need to treat merely the cough of pneumonia. We need to treat the underlying factor of where it came from. Why is this person getting pneumonia? We can't just give them Robitussin any more than we can just fix systemic racism. Hey, guess what? New rules, new rules, new rules at the police station, new rules at, you know, businesses. We need to figure out why in the Sam Heck people have this thing for people that don't look like them. What is that? Where's it coming from? Can we fix things at the police station and at work? Of course. It's like smile therapy. Keep smiling and eventually you'll get happy. Fix the problem and eventually it'll become the norm. Yep, that's there. We need to make people's lives better at, at work. And so they're not being shot by, you know, carrying a toy gun at a park because that's freaking weird. That's not okay. We need to stop killing black kids exponential more than ever white kids. I mean, ever. That's a problem. But that's the symptom. That's the cough. That's the sniffles. That's the end result. That's the end result of genetic DNA, emotional programming, deep-seated fear, deep-seated fear. And I'm not even going to go so far as to say the word hate because hate, hate's a little different. Hate is something inside of us. Hate is actually more like the sniffles as well. 
it's it that's the action behind like the fear fear is like an internal moment fear is the opposite of love hate is the expression of fear don't ask me it's coming right now so i it's in there who knows where's hate is the expression of fear there and so if we can get rid of the fear and teach people that they have been sold a humongous bill of goods, a gigantic bill of goods by society, by their friends, by their family, by the community that they're living in. Because you see, what I've noticed when it comes to these sorts of things is that as humans, we live, and I talked about this in uh, the last podcast, in a win-lose society. We live in a versus society, wherein if you are in second place, and and I know you've all heard this, because if this isn't the biggest crock of shit, whoever's in second place is the first loser. Now, that's great in track. That's great in track or, or some other sport in that way. But the problem is, is that we are literally teaching our children that that is the is of life. I remember being younger and and being really focused parentally on you win at all costs. I mean, I really yeah, I really honestly don't even want to verbalize because it's so sadistic. And if you are a a perfectionist, when you are inside of this mentality of win at all costs, second place is the first loser, it's either, you know, us versus them, it's me or them mentality. A lot of times what happens is that you don't try. That's a totally different conversation, but but it really, really is a, I'm going to step on your head to get where I need to go because there is a limited amount of resources. There's a limited amount of energy, limited amount of jobs, limited amount of money, limited amount of opportunity. And so when we are inside of this us versus them, it's me or you, well, guess what? We need to find a them. When we live in a world where there is not enough because we have been told that first place, that's it. There's one of them. Maybe at the Olympics. Perfect. Great place for that. But when we are, when we are exposed to this idea, when we are exposed to this energy of an us versus them, a win-lose, someone's got to lose. And the fastest way to find someone to beat, to hold someone back so that you are the winner, skin color. How much easier is it is to find, uh, find someone in a crowd? And I mean, I might be simplifying it here, people. But this is some deep-seated crap here. I mean, I don't know if if you're getting me here, but our entire country and the fact that it is as successful as it is, is founded on the fact that we had free labor for a real long time. Free labor for a long time. And we're going to get into this because we need to talk about... The fact of why African-American people who came to this country were stripped of their culture, their food, their clothes, their names, their identity. And if you're listening to this and you are of African-American descent and you don't align with that, please know I am not speaking for an entire population, okay? I am not speaking for all white people, nor am I speaking for all people of color. I am just saying our country was built on the backs of slaves and we are failing to see what that has done to an entire population of people, both white and black, both dark and light. Because it has given white people the very, very unfounded mindset of superiority. And nope. Nope. And then as we watch the descendants of slaves trying to play catch up with their culture, with their names, with their everything, education, home buying, generational wealth, us white folk, we get to stare and go, hmm, 
not quite equal. And so we have also been brainwashed to believe in this disparity between the two cultures, one of superiority and one not, not of superiority, insecurity, inferiority. And so when I look at this whole situation and I talk about this to some of my friends who are Black, they go, damn, Meredith, you care about this more than I do. What gives? You care about this more than I do. And I'm Black. And you know why? Because this isn't a Black problem. This is a white problem. This is a Black problem. This is a Latino problem. This is an Asian problem. This is an Indian problem. This is a world problem. This is a soul problem. This is a hate and fear problem. This is a where the hell is this world going problem. So yeah, I might care about this more than other people. And some people might go, well, God, who is she? She's just, she's just a white chick that wants to put her picture up on Instagram. Hey, I haven't marched in one march. I'm a chicken, but I'm going to invest every dollar that I have in my podcast, which this costs me a pretty penny to make happen. And I'm going to introduce you to an amazing group of people who know a lot more about this than I do and who do care about this deeply and who do have not white skin. And they're going to they're gonna talk to us real plain about their experiences and what they're doing in the world to make it better as well. There's a couple ways of looking at this. And, and I'm going to go out on a limb and please, please understand that anything that I say, it comes from a place of love and stupidity. And I have done my, my work in trying to educate myself on all of this, but I'm still going to screw up just like you all screw up every day. So don't sit there and nail me to any board or put me on, you know, blast because of the fact that I am a fallible, broken human. But we all are, are new at this. Not all, but we're new at this. The word white privilege, that's, that's kind of a newish term as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's a new, it's a new idea. It's a new awakening the idea of systemic racism and, and how it plays out. I mean, I just learned within the last year by talking to more and more of my friends of color that some of them won't go to restaurants that are primarily white because they're afraid to. These are women. These are women who are not criminals. These are women that are not doing anything wrong. And they're afraid. Do you know that some of your Black friends are afraid to go places? Do you know that? Do you know that a lot of or many or most of your Black friends have issues with people at work and they probably don't share that with you? That they are treated differently by their coworkers and their supervisors? Do you know that if you have a friend who is of color and works in the healthcare system, that they have been treated poorly by patients? because of the color of their skin? Do you know that your friends are going through this? Do you know that people that are not criminals? Because let me tell you this right now. I have friends on Facebook that are going, well, they were probably doing something wrong. Well, isn't that convenient? They were probably doing something wrong. So it was okay to shoot them. Well, you see, there's like 99.9% .9 of people out there that aren't doing anything wrong and they're being treated like shit at work and by their neighbors and by store owners and by restaurateurs because we've allowed it. If you look down at your hands and they're white, we're allowing it because we don't have to speak up because it doesn't inconvenience us doesn't inconvenience you and I. My life will continue to go on the exact same way if I never, ever, ever have this conversation. It will eat me up at night and I will not sleep well, but I will continue to go on. My friends, however, will not have the same experience. 
if we don't start talking about the fact that when you are a racist, it is coming from a place of insecurity, inferiority, fear, and a bill of goods of lies. Your parents lied to you because they wanted to hold their 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 post at at front in front at in in, in first place. Leave those black folk behind so that we can maintain our first place at. Do not give them an education. Do not give them housing that is clean, affordable, in a nice area with good schools. I mean, when you go to a post office in a shitty neighborhood, is the post office shitty? Because I've never been to a shitty post office. That's a government service. But when you go to, I don't know, public schools in a shitty neighborhood, shitty school. You go to a public school in a nice neighborhood, nice school. You ever go to a police station in a shitty neighborhood and it's shitty? Or a fire station? How come the only thing that's shitty in a shitty neighborhood is the schools? Everything else is nice. Community centers, probably great. Nice basketball hoops, maybe even a pool. But the schools are shitty. Shitty buildings. Teachers sometimes don't have the same education as the A-plus blue ribbon schools. I mean, we rate schools. We know where the lacking is at. But we continue to allow poor people to stay in second place. The biggest loser. The first loser. Why is that? Why is that? So we can hold our, our place. And I know I'm making a lot of you mad. Well, Black people are racist too. Okay, first of all, black people can't be racist because they're not in a position of power. They're not the majority. All right, so get that out of your vocabulary. Here's, here's a teaching tool for you. Black people cannot be racist because they are not in a position of power to be racist and take away things from people below them. But our president was black. It doesn't matter. But if our president was black, doesn't everyone have the opportunity? We will get into this over the next few weeks. Stay tuned. I've got good guests. I'm going to tell you about them in a minute. We have to stop believing in a win-lose. I was watching something the other day. I forget what the name of the show. It's like a Netflix thing about uh, Asian folks that are like ridiculously rich, you know, like billions and billions of billions of dollars. They own like the malls in, in you know, China and whatnot. And the one guy was talking about, he's like, you know, you think that you know what rich is. And then you meet a guy who has as much money as Jeff Bezos has in his bank account. Like all of Jeff Bezos's money like, what is he, like $4 billion at this point? $4 billion is like in this guy's bank account. And that was just one of his accounts. That's not like everything that he owns, okay? That's how much, like, infinite amount of wealth is in this world. So if you're coming from a place, if your parents are coming from a place, if your community is coming from a place that there isn't enough for everyone, so you need to hold people back or talk crap about another community, be it LGBTQ, people of color, it doesn't matter. If you talk about basically a community of people as a whole and you paint that wide brush, you are selling your children and yourself short from anything because you believe that a group of people are a certain way or that that group of people is standing in your way. And I don't care if if you're of a person of color listening to this and you think that white people are holding you back, that is still an issue because there's infinite. Yes, are there problems? Yes, that's why I'm here discussing this. But I think it's super important that we understand that this is an individual experience on this planet. But Meredith, you just said, I know what I just said. But my point is, is that we need to stop any sort of versus mentality, be it from people of color or white people. There can be no versus. We're all here to learn and to grow and to experience 
and to have opportunity and make opportunity for ourselves and remove roadblocks and remove anything that we believe about any other person or ourselves and understand we have the ability for growth. And usually what's holding us back is our own mind, our own fears. I know I'm all over the place, but I know I want a better world for my children. I know I don't want the hate. I know that I don't want to have conversations with people and have to remind them that when they hire 10 people to speak at their company, have they chosen women and have they chosen people of color to speak on the panel? I want that to be a norm and it's not. It's easy for white people to just hire white people. We like them. They look like us. I know what they're going to do. I get them. I'm not going to screw up when I talk to white people. We are all speaking the same language-ish. We're all talking about the same things. And you know what? The fact of the matter is, is it's okay to live around people of your own community. Back in the beginning, you know, of our country, we had, you know, the Ukraine community or the, you know, the Italian-American area of, you know, Cleveland or Chicago. And we still do. You know where you go and there's the church in the center of the area and, you know, everyone goes to that church and it's a community center and there's the same, you know, the Italian restaurants and all of these sorts of things. It's nice to be around people that are doing the same thing that you're doing and like the same thing that you like. But you need to understand that the color of your skin and the food that you eat and the music that you listen to and where you get your hair done, that doesn't really make you who you are. The content of your character does. The things in your heart, being a mother or a father, a daughter or a son, dealing with COVID, losing your job, raising children, getting a new puppy, loving your spouse, getting an education, going grocery shopping. These are the things that are really who we are. If you boil down your connectedness to another human being or disconnectedness to another human being based on the common denominator of skin color, that's the cheap route. You're in the cheap seats. You're in the cheap seats. You have boiled life down to the, 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 the lowest IQ uh, cursor that you could possibly find on this planet. And you're continuing to allow that to rule the way you connect with the world around you. You literally are not using any part of your brain. If you use the color of skin, be it light or dark or black or white, if you use that to determine another human being, their value, their higher ability, their likability, their loveability, their ability to like you back. If you are using this to judge the world around you, you have literally missed the boat on humanity. You are wasting your life. That is the shoes and purses of skin. You literally have, you're missing it. I, I would go so far as to say that you are not smart. You are believing a lie that you have been fed, that people that don't look like you are not worthwhile. You're missing it. Because see, when I look at people of color, I go, damn, they probably have like really cool things to talk to me about because I'm Irish and we just get like one holiday where we drink beer and color shit green. And that's weird. Please give me some culture. Tell me about your braids and your fashion and your, you know, your, your country that you've come from and you know, the proverbs of your land and your education and your religions. Tell me all of it. Share with me. Enlighten me. Make my world rich. I don't need to be in first place because there's really no such thing. And I definitely don't need to stand on your head. I'm much better off if we both survive.
And I quote, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Nelson Mandela. From prison to president. If you have hatred or bitterness in your heart for another people or person, you are in prison. If you have been taught to hate people that don't look like you, those teachers have imprisoned your mind. They have imprisoned your heart. They have imprisoned your soul. You are living in a prison by way of your mind and your heart towards anyone on this planet. Towards anyone. Yeah, I care a lot. I care to learn about this. I care to change the earth. I care to change the world. I care to change your life and your heart. If you're listening to this and you were taught hate, if you were taught to not like people because they don't look like you, you've been sold a bill of goods. You've been lied to. And I'm not going to stand here and let you lie to yourself or your children anymore. Not on my watch. If you came to this podcast, it's because you want to do better. You want to be happier. And if you remove hate and fear from your heart, you will be happier. If you drop the walls that are imprisoning you of bitterness and hatred and disdain, your life will change forever. The only way to get to where you want to go, which is true happiness, love, kindness, just daily peace. If you really want to get there, I'm telling you how to do it. It's not by getting more. It's not by having the most. It's not by being in first place and holding someone back. It's not by snide comments under your breath about the Asian kid or the Indian children or the black kid at school or the, you know, the, the Latino boy or the Latina girl. It's not by saying really stupid and shitty things like the China virus. It's not by standing on a culture's head to feel superior in anyone's presence for any reason whatsoever and spreading hatred about another culture or people. It's not by sowing hate. Because you will reap what you sow. And when you sow hate, you live by hate. And you will die by hate. It will be a part of who you are, regardless of who you're saying it to. Regardless if you say it to yourself and your family in the four walls. Believe me, we all know it's in your heart. We know what's in there. I read this today before, before starting this recording. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a really cool photograph. Um, I saw it on social media quite a while back, but it's never left me. And it's a photograph of African children, and they are sitting in a circle with all of their feet touching and making a circle with their feet, toes pointed up. It's called the Osani O-S-A-N-I, circle game. Look it up. And if you've seen it on social media, it's a photo again. And there are many stories that are surrounding this photograph and the game and what's to be taken from the game. And basically the children, from what I gather, is that they're all trying to come up with a different word for the word circle. So continuous, circle, you know, whatever. And then you get out and then the next person has to come up with the next, you know, word for circle or never ending. And the, the flow and the focus to me is that when we are able to focus beyond ourselves and on doing good for the whole 
and celebrating differences and and celebrating you know and and, and understanding that when when one or any of us fails how can we be happy how can we run around and be happy when we know that there are kids that are just as beautiful and loving and kind and wonderful as yours and mine. And they're suffering in, in homes that don't have heat today, in homes that don't have food, going to schools that don't have books. You know, I sit there and look at this, this, this crisis of this pandemic, and I think to myself that there are kids that are really, really having a hard time, and they have every single, you know, opportunity for success. And I think about that there's kids that have, their parents don't speak English. How in the world are they helping their children during this, you know, at home schooling and, you know, hybrid and all this other stuff? Their parents are working three jobs. They don't have Wi-Fi. And they can't help their kids. And we really don't care. We don't care. Because our kids are fine. My kid's fine. How come they have post offices in every city in the United States? And they're all nice. But the schools are different. Hmm. Is it because... There has to be someone's shoulders that we stand on to get to the top. We have to ensure failure. If you dream of moving mountains tomorrow, you must start by lifting small stones today. Small stones, people. It's little things. It's the little things that we can do. And I know... You know, right now in this climate of 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 change and and making the world a better place and you know all sorts of things that are happening, I understand that it is not a person of color's responsibility to teach anyone or to be the spokesperson of anyone or anything. I know that it's not anyone's responsibility to teach me and help me to understand what I'm doing right or wrong. But I, I would ask any person of color that is out there that if you have a friend who's not of dark complexion and, and they want to learn and understand what you've been through, please understand that this is a bridge to our future. They are not asking you to answer the questions of an entire population, but they're looking for connection and want to understand what you're going through and connect with you so that they really get it. I did not know that I have friends and family that get stopped by police officers because their skin color is dark. I really, truly, honestly only thought that people that were around criminal activity had problems like this. I really had no idea that sometimes patients in hospitals refuse treatment by people of color. I didn't know that. My brain exploded when someone told me that, that that happens. I, what? And that there's really nothing that that nurse or doctor can do about it. They literally just go find another nurse and doctor. I'm not sure I would be so nice. I didn't know that these things were happening. When we watch on television things like, you know, Black Lives Matter and protests, it's super easy to get arms distance length away from whatever a movement is or whatever a political situation is or whatever, you know, a group. But if you have the opportunity to share your story, I'm asking you to do it. Because until white people are woken up to the fact that this is happening everywhere, 
until you decide to start educating yourself as white people that this is a huge problem for people that you grew up with, that you work with. When you look at your coworkers and you see women or people of color, ask yourself, how many speakers, how many people in management look like your friends of color? Are they hiring people to come in and do training that have dark skin? That stuff matters, people. Brene Brown has a podcast called Unlocking Us, and it's excellent. She's brilliant. And she has been studying uh, human behavior for decades And she had a podcast that she did in October of 2020. And I don't care your political stance. You don't have to listen to the entire thing. Um, But it is an interview with Joe Biden. But the interview doesn't start at the beginning. It's like halfway through. I'd ask you to listen to the whole thing. But if you can't stomach Joe Biden, then don't. But I would say to listen to the beginning. But she talks about power. She talks about power and that there are four types of power, power over, power within, power with, and power to. And again, she's been studying this for over two decades. And the power over is in any atmosphere, be it it church, politics, work, it doesn't matter. Any situation where you have a power over makeup. It is that the premise is that the power has to be hoarded and protected and that power is finite. I'm going to say that again. Power over works from the premise that power has to be hoarded and protected and that power is finite. And the way that power is protected is through fear. Through fear. And I would ask you to look at where we have found ourselves at this time, at least in the United States. I don't know about other countries. I know that we don't have the same racism problem in other countries. There are, but they're a little bit different. But we don't have this racism problem the same way. But we have created a climate of intense fear for the other person, the other guy, the non-white. We have to protect our finite white power from the other and this is a, an example of power over. They have to have power over us by creating a fear mentality wherein they are our only saviors, our, our leader. Our leader is going to save us from the them. And so it is extremely beneficial extremely beneficial at this time and at all time that they continue the conversation as to how we should be afraid of those folks over there that don't look like us. Because without fear, work with me, people, come on, this is where it's coming together. Without fear, there is no power for them to wield. There's no power for them to wield over us. We don't need a leader if we do not have fear. We don't need a leader to lead us from this place if we just hold hands and walk out together. Do you feel me, people? 
If you are in a position of fear where you are looking towards or to a leader to lead you from wherever you are finding yourself in fear of them, your soul is bought and paid for because you are living the lie. You're living it. You're breathing it. You're smoking it. You're eating it. You're sleeping the lie. And they've got you. And it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. If you want a strong nation and world, but you are working to hold anyone down or to be afraid of some imaginary thing that's happening, of equality... If you are afraid of other people having equality, equal opportunity, equal schools, I feel people freaking out there. I felt it. You just, you can't, you can't truly be happy when you're looking at someone else and they're sick, uneducated, not having the same resources. And I'm not saying, you know, it's anyone's job to save the world. I'm just saying, stop shoving people's head underwater. Start looking around and like say, what's my part in this? What am I doing to change the world today? What stone did I pick up to move the mountain? Because I'll tell you what, people, you might not have dark skin, but that does not mean that this is not your problem. And if you have white skin and you continue to put your head in the sand because it's not your problem, you're going to wake up 10 years from now and say, whoa, now we have a problem. Because the war of today is the war of hate and fear versus love and enlightenment. And believe me when I tell you, the hate and fear mongers, they play a good game. They're playing a good game game. They're making you believe that you need them, that there is some us versus them win-lose situation going on. But I will tell you, we can live in a win-win world. There is infinite energy. There is infinite opportunity. There are infinite resources. And our country our world, our communities will be a whole lot better when there are not scarcities in such a large population of our world and country. Where there is scarcity, where there is lack of security, that is where you find desperation. And that is where you find problems. Not inequality. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be having some amazing guests, me, Sasha, and Sarah from the podcast, Dear White Women. I'm super excited to have them on. They have an amazing podcast that deals with a plethora of of topics. Um, They are biracial, and they are just hitting every topic hard, and they are so gracious to come on my podcast and talk to all of you about, about everything and anything of their experience of being biracial and raising children in this world. I also am going to be having on Allison McNair, owner and founder of Perfect Inc., which is a uh, nonprofit that she started that helps currently and previously incarcerated women to uh, make their way back into society through training and lifestyle coaching, which I think is so exciting and interesting. And I can't wait to talk to her more about that. I will also be having on Sarah Bennett, who AUD, sharing her story of growing up biracial in a white community and being a leader in the medical field and her experiences. I also have Majine Williams of MPR Style, a leader in the fashion world. And she is a stylist in Miami, Florida 
Florida. We will be talking to her about all things fashion and being Black in the fashion community. She's been, she's styled at the BET Awards and she's doing amazing work. I'm just, I'm so excited to speak with her. I've had a long relationship with her and I, I look forward to just the two of us sitting down and kind of chatting while it's being recorded. Um, I also have on Zabina um, Basine, medical doctor, child psychologist, and founder of In Kids, a culture-focused toys and product company uh, working to make inclusion the normal and daily part of life. Um, and she is just amazing. She's been on Good Morning America, Today.com, um, and all sorts of other amazing platforms and talking about what she is doing with her in kids toys and products. So I'm super excited to talk to her and hopefully I will get a few other guests. I would love to have a um, man um, of color or even um, a, a man who is working with people of color and share his experience. So if anyone out there, please message me or email me at meredithwillets.com. You know, if you have anything that you want to talk about with regard to today's podcast, please don't hesitate to message me with kindness and love in your heart. Because guess what? I already said at the beginning of this, I'm going to screw up a lot this month. Um, I don't know everything, but I'm also not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to talk about the things that I don't know and the things that I'm screwing up and the things that I'm doing really, really well. And, and, and we're all just doing our best. And that's all we can ask of each other is to just keep pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones and into um, a more in touch and, you know, loving place. So please visit me on my website, MeredithWillets.com. And thank you as always for listening. I know this is going to be a wild roller coaster of the next two months. Um, it's going to be very personal. It's going to be intimidating and scary. And it's one of the reasons that I actually started this podcast was to have this conversation because it's extremely important to me. And at any time that I see in this world that there is some sort of hatred or fear, I know that it's something that it's important to talk about. And I know it's something that it's, you know, really speaks to my soul and my spirit that um, that I need to look into. And, you know, maybe this is going to be two months of just me talking to people and me learning more. And I'm okay with that. But I really do hope that you all get something out of this too. So thank you as always for listening. Um, please check out my um, Meredith with a Y on YouTube where I'm putting up all of these videos and you can watch the uh, videos uh, that are posted over there of the podcast. Um, visit me at Meredith underscore Willits on Instagram. You know, I do also do coaching and appointments. So if you want to talk to me, um, schedule an appointment and we will get together. So thanks again so much. And I look forward to spending the next few weeks talking about these topics. Please have an open mind, an open heart, and open hands. Uh, to re receive information that may be new to you and may not be the most comfortable. Believe me, I've been there and it takes time and it's not easy, but we will get there together in love. So thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. And I'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.